It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's right. It is Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer coming your way for the next two hours. Elliot, sometimes we come in on a Saturday. We're like, oh, what should we talk about? There's really there's there's really nothing that we can kind of figure out to talk about. Not today, Elliot. Then we remember we talk about the Eagles. Yes, there is and a lot there to is talk about. Truly never a boring day. You know, we're sitting outside uh, getting ready for the show. And 10 minutes in, I'm like, you know, James didn't say anything about how I have my hair different than I normally do. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to lead the show with this. But now that there's so much to talk about, we can address that, I guess, off the air. So, yes, I am literally the most unobservant person on the planet. My wife likes I was to say, joke. I'm sure Emily appreciates Emily that. likes to joke that she could change the furniture around in our house and I wouldn't notice. She says she's done it before. I don't know if it's actually true or not, but it's possible I wouldn't notice. That's how not observant well, I am. Speaking of changing the furniture around. Seems like Jeffrey Lurie might be uh, getting ready to move a few things around (laughs) at the NovaCare. Yes, well said. All right, let's dive in, and we'll get to the Lane Johnson thing. We'll get to the Jason Peters thing. We'll get to the whole Doug Hurts, Wentz of it all. There's so much to get into, but today, like minutes ago, Jeff Jeff McClain looking out for us. Jeff McClain, a story on uh, the Inquirer online at philly.com. Uh, the title of the story is Jeffrey Lurie's atypical absence from Brown's game speaks to in- Eagles owners frustration. So for context, what he is writing about is the fact that for potentially the first time since he's owned the team, the yeah. first time anyone can remember, Jeffrey Lurie chose not to go to the Cleveland Browns game in Cleveland with the team. And uh, to be fair, Lurie did say through a team spokesman that uh, the reason was he was being overly cautious in light of coronavirus, and he was planning on visiting his mother for Thanksgiving. So it's unclear whether that is the reason or not. But according to Jeff McClain, there are other reasons, and it has to do with his frustration from the team. Uh, quote unquote from the article: Lurie's frustration with his team has been mounting, and his absence in Cleveland was widely believed by many at the Novacare Complex to primarily be an extension of his feelings. 
two teams Torres said. I think that's the important part because whether or not he skipped the game because of this, people in the NovaCare, according to this report, believe that's why he skipped the game. So whether that was the intention or not, it was perceived, at least according to this report, as an act of frustration. It's a great point, and, and we all know perception is reality yeah. in a lot of these things. One other, like, kind of hammer line from the article. This is the most, the, to me, the most telling. So McLean writes, Lurie also has been at recent practices and has left various workouts early out of disgust. Ooh. The sources said. So this article clearly paints a picture of an owner who is not happy with his football team, Elliot. Yeah, I guess Lurie's watching what we're watching is what you take away from that, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty the much. idea that Lurie would be upset with the Eagles is not, you know, it's not crazy, right? We've seen them. And I think we should preface this whole conversation by first giving credit to McLean, one of the best reporters out there when it comes to reporting about what's going on with this team. So credit to him on this report. Um, and this also comes on the heels of, remember a few weeks ago, an NFL Network report that Carson wasn't looking good in practice, right? So I think that's that's now especially interesting off of the note about him leaving out of disgust. But and here, the Mike K story this week about how Doug had to, to be more vocal, be with more Carson. vocal with him, and that they're worried about Carson's you know practice issues and ability to all, succeed and all that type of yes. stuff. So look, point is, we're getting to a point where and losing breeds this, but. A lot of things are coming out of NovaCare. So my takeaway from this, and this is not what I would do, not what I think they should do, but my takeaway is Doug is not surviving. I think Doug, this report to me is an indication that Doug is gone. When you consider that last year they completely changed his coaching staff, right? Jeffrey Lurie has said you have to have a top five offense to be a real Super Bowl contender. Breaking news, the Eagles are not a top-five offense. I think we've all seen that this year. I think they're 24th. They've only even topped 20 points, like, half the games. And <laughs> if he's really that frustrated, like, there might be more than Doug. It's possible more than Doug goes, and I think that's very possible based off this report and based off what we've seen. But I, I now believe, like, Doug is gone. I, that's my initial, like, reaction to this. Yeah, look, it's hard to read this as any other way. And and to your point, McLean does talk about what Lori said. He quoted Lori. From August 30th, Lori said, the last couple of years we were all as a group not satisfied with our offensive production. It didn't stop us from making a postseason run, but we always have a belief as an organization. It's part of our DNA that you want to be a top five offense to have your best chance of winning a Super Bowl. That's something and Jeffrey he, he's right. said on August 30th. And, oh, my God, like you said, Elliot, watching this team, top five offense are not three right. words that come anywhere near this team, Elliot. No, not at all. And the question is, you know, if it is, it, I, so I do think Doug will go. Let's talk about what this means about Howie, too. If, if this is correct, then I think that also spells, like, potentially very bad news for Howie Roseman as well. I'm not as sure that it's as bad for Howie as it is for, for Doug, but clearly Lurie sees what we see. Like, I don't think this is an example of, you know, we're talking about John Middleton, right? And like, <laughs> but don't, like, don't even bring his name up. Yeah, this is, not, this is not an example of the owner at the NovaCare being blind to what's going on. He sees the decline. He sees the fact they're three, six, and one. He sees that they're, you know, frankly, not even competitive most, most weeks, right? So changes are coming. I believe Doug is, is going to go based off of this report. That's my, my read on it. The question is, is it bad enough that Howie goes as well? And I'm starting to think that we're, we're trending in that direction. Well, it's a fascinating discussion point because we've long done the whole, you know, how he'll never be gone thing, and he's like Jeffrey's son and all that type of stuff. But 
to be fair, look, Joe Banner was Jeff Lurie's best bud. Like yeah. they were, they were best friends. They started together. They I mean, started they, yeah. this, the whole thing together. He axed him. He had no problem doing that when the time called for it. Andy, it was all time. We all knew it, but he still got rid of Andy Reid. Yeah. Chip Kelly, he took his team back. Like he fired Chip Kelly before the last game of the season. Like we were all. I will never forget that Tuesday night, sitting at home with Emily and a buddy, and my buddy goes. Wow, the Eagles fired Chip Kelly. I'm like, what? Are you? No, they didn't. He's like Adam Schefter. The Eagles fired yeah. Chip Kelly, and I was like, what? Like because it was like a a. a so I, I think that in historically, like yes, Lori has given his guys, so to speak, time and 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 rope and all that. But he also has shown that when the time comes, when he needs to, he could bring the hammer down. And I, an important distinction distinction to make is. On one hand, this is the first bad season, like the first truly bad season, right? Three, six, and one. Last year, they were in the playoffs. They were in the playoffs the year before. So this could qualify as the first truly bad season. But it's just as easy and perhaps more realistic to say Lurie's already given them time. Like 2018, I think this team took a step back, the beginnings of taking a step back. 2019 was another step back. Like things looked bad in 2019 until the very end. Then they're bad this year. So I don't think this would be a snap reaction of Lurie to fire to fire them but like then the complication of it is if you fire Howie but not Doug how does that work if you fire Doug but not Howie like if you fire both of them but keep Carson like it's a very interesting chess game he has to play here when it comes to getting rid of the right pieces so that your team's better but also making sure that you can hire the correct pieces because if you fire Doug and you keep Howie I think it's fair to to assume just like it was prior to Chip coming here like what elite level head coach would be super thrilled about this opportunity? And, you know, it's the Eagles. It's one of the best franchises in the league. Like, it's a major media market. You're going to be in primetime games. Like, there's all those components to having working for the Eagles that are very real. And, like, it's a great city to live in. So it's an attractive job. But if you're, you know, uh, Eric, I always mispronounce his last Bien-Ami. name. The enemy. The enemy from Kansas City. Do you want to come here where Howie's the GM and you're stuck with Carson? Like, is it better for Jeffrey to completely clear the slate and start anew? Or is it worth trying to, like, drag some of these pieces along for the ride as you rebuild? Well, and it's a fascinating point. And to your point about Jeffrey and the offenses, I mean, even in that quote, he's basically saying, hey, I know that we made the playoffs, but we haven't been good enough. Like, right, that's, it, he's pointing that out point blank. And also, last year, remember, they fired basically a lot of the offensive coaching staff except for Doug. Like, Without got, telling! Doug, right. no less. Like, right. yes. And another example this week where Doug says one thing and then the change is made mm-hmm. almost immediately, right? Where I don't know if that was Doug's call or not, but it certainly looks bad. But he's already shown some skepticism about Doug, in my opinion, by firing a lot of the coaches around Doug. And then I think he wants to keep Doug because Doug is, in my opinion, still a good head coach. I think he has a lot of the qualities you want in a good head coach, all those things. But Lurie has already shown that frustration. Now, I believe the people he hired were a mistake, you know, but. I do think we're trending in the direction of like a completely new coaching staff being here, like yeah, offense well, and defense. Well, and again, to that point and the point you just made before, it does present a sort of a conundrum for Jeffrey Lurie because if you're going to fire Howie and bring a new general manager in, what general manager is coming in and doesn't want to hire their own coach, right? right? Flip side, you know, if you get rid of Doug but keep Howie, what coach is coming in here and wants to work with Howie? That's a whole other issue. And then the Carson part of it's a whole different dynamic. It's because the biggest part. It's the biggest, but at the same time, it's also the one that is almost like the easiest to maneuver around because there are set limits there in the sense that you have this contract. He's on the book, so like – if you are going to bring in a new coach, may as well see what they could do with Carson. You know, like right. take a shot on on a new coach with that guy. I think that makes the most sense. 
But again, to your point, yes, it is another another thing. It's not like you're coming in and getting this big chunk of clay to mold however you want. It's already kind of molded, and you're trying to reshape it. Well, and the big question Lurie is going to ask himself is, am I hiring the right head coach or the right head coach for Carson? Well, yeah, and, and should and, he ask that question? And should he ask that yeah. question? And if you ask it, you have got to be sure that Carson is right because as bad as the contract looks now and the fact that they're tied to him, and I think they could still trade him, but regardless, the fact that the contract ties him to them, like hiring the wrong head coach sets you back two to three years where the Carson contract does not really do that. So that's definitely a, a complicated part of it. But, you know, we should also mention Paul Domowicz, also of, of uh, Philly.com, Philadelphia Inquirer, you know, as ref- venerable as it gets yeah. on the beat. I mean, he is a whole fame voter. Yes, yes. absolutely. In uh, an article today hinted at the fact that, and I don't have the exact wording in front of me, but hinted at the word that he, some people both in and out of the organization believes Doug might not be that upset if he gets fired. Yeah, that was more or less the wording. Yes, that Doug would kind of be okay with and, moving on. And I, you know, like when Chip left and Chip was fired, I think he got blamed for a lot of the dysfunction that happened in that mm-hmm. building. And if Doug truly wants out, like if there's a part of him that wants out, that also speaks to dysfunction going on. Like in the common denominator, we know what the common denominator is, right? It's not Chip, it's not Doug, it's Howie. Like yep. that is the common denom- denominator if these head coaches want out. No question. And and for Doug, like, I mean, who could blame the guy? He's a Super Bowl yeah. winning head coach who had his 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 coaches, his guys that he's supposed to hire and fire, fired out from under him the day after he went on a press conference and said they're coming back. Yep. Like, how could anyone feel confident in that role, that that spot when like I mean, again, like Matt Rule is a first-year head coach. That guy got to choose his staff. He gets to hire and fire his coaches. Like, that's just par for the course with NFL head coaches. You get to control your staff. You get to hire and fire those guys. That's your job. And not only do they not let Doug Pearson, again, a Super Bowl-winning coach, have that that power that every coach in the NFL gets, but they publicly embarrassed him mm-hmm. in the process of showing everyone that he doesn't have that power. And that's crazy, Elliot. Yeah. Look, I would caution Doug of wanting out of Philly. Like, for all the things I said, I still think Philly is a great place to be a head coach. There's certainly downsides, right? I mean, look, it's Saturday afternoon. They're three, they're they're three, six, and one, and me and you are yelling about a report. Right? So, like, <laughs> there there are certainly downsides to being the head coach in Philly. But the upside he experienced in 2017, which is it's a great place to be a head coach of a football team. So, like, I would caution him if he does one out. That being said, if he gets fired he will get hired. Like, the Houston Texans could hire him. The Atlanta Falcons could hire him. Denver Broncos potentially might be looking for head coach. Like, Doug will have his choices. And another choice he could have, the team right up the road that's going to have the number one pick that has Joe Douglas, where I think Doug would be a great fit. So, uh, Doug will have options. And it's kind of the same question as Carson. Like, if you move on from Doug and you're Lurie, like, you got to be sure. And if you move on from Carson, you got to be sure. And it just feels like each week there's another wrinkle in the drama of what this offseason is going to be. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. All right, so here's my question because we've kind of talked about what we – that this article, this story makes it feel like changes are coming, right? Yes. Obviously, unless we'll put the, the caveat if they turn the season around. I don't which, even know if it matters, I, and to look, be quite honest. Let's be real. It ain't happening. Right, it's All not right? happening. It's not happening. This is a bad football team. They're the worst team in the NFC East. It ain't happening. And, and this is not the report that you read of a team that's getting ready to go beat the Seahawks no, on Monday night. No, <laughs> Again, I would be more surprised 
if they turned it around than it, I, I'd be less surprised if they lost out. Is my point? I think it's more likely they lose out than oh, they I, make the playoffs. I think there's a way better chance they lose out totally. than there is that they turn around and make the playoffs. A hundred, which is crazy because they're literally only a half game out. Right? I know. I mean, it really, it really is crazy. But all right. So with that in mind, that we expect changes based on this article. What do you? What change? You said you expect Doug Peterson to be gone. That's your takeaway. What do you think is the right decision? What should Jeffrey Lurie do? Forget what he will do. What should Jeffrey Lurie do? You know, I pride myself on having strong opinions, strong takes. Like, I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Like, I just, on one hand, I think deep down, my gut is telling me the right thing to do is to clean shop, Mm -hmm. is to completely start over. Blow it all up. It feels like it's gotten to a point of no return. It feels ugly. We see the product on the field. I don't know if the pieces fit together. All those things. But then I also think, like, I do believe Doug is a good head coach. And I do believe firing Doug would be a mistake. And then when it comes to Carson, like part of me thinks that selling early on Carson is the right thing to do, where if you trade him now, I do not believe you will regret it. But then I'm also obviously cautious because, like, you're still trading away your quarterback. So I I just don't know what the right answer is. I do think the most thing I'm sure about is, like, Probably Howie. Howie. I would think. You know where I I stand. You might might as well take the Howie. Fire Howie. Jeffrey, fire Howie. Fire him. Again, you brought it up before. It was a perfect way to phrase it. We have seen so much dysfunction over the last decade with head coaches and this organization. And the common denominator is Howie Roseman through it all. Yeah. It's Howie Roseman. And it's all the same stuff again. He can't work with others. You know, thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Like all these things we keep seeing over and over and over again for me. The Howie Roseman thing has run its course, and until he's gone, I don't think the culture around this organization is going to change. What's crazy is I think the phrase run its course is exactly correct, but it's wild how much that applies to what really feels like this entire team. Like how quickly it went from the greatest thing that's ever happened to something that's run its course. I mean, two years ago, Carson was one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Doug was one of the top top five head coaches yep. in the league. Howie was a, Howie was a genius <laughs> at GM. The <laughs> roster was loaded. Like, you know, they were viewed as an elite franchise, and they still are to a certain degree, but I don't think anybody would call Carson one of the best up-and-coming quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Doug is a mess right now. For whatever, however you want to parse the blame out, like the offense is a mess, and, and the roster is a mess. Like, and, you know, we'll get to Lane and uh, Lane and Jason Peters and all that. But in a week where Lane Johnson, it's announced, he announces himself, but Lane Johnson being out for the year is kind of just like a hiccup. It's like, sure. everything. It's, it's, it's like, their right, best off goal, get, I guess, go Jason get, Kelsey. Go get healthy, Lane. Yeah, yeah, but their best tackle is out for the year. And I was looking at his contract, like, he's definitely back next year. Brandon Brooks, definitely back next year. I mean, that right side of the line, they, they got, like, major issues here. And with Howie, what I always come back to is, I just think this team needs a fresh set of non-emotional eyes. I agree. To come in here and just say, no, we should not bring Deshaun Jackson back. Like, Jason <laughs> no, Peters should enough, not Jason be Peters. back. No, that's enough, Jason Peters. Let's like, see what we got with Mylotta. Let's and, see you know, whatever. One of the things you admire about Howie a little bit is he does have that emotional connection. And I think that's why the Eagles are able to kind of build a family atmosphere. But you need someone to come in and say, look, this is what has to get done. Like, no feelings attached. I am 100% with you. 215-592-9494. How do you react to this this Jeffrey Lurie report and where we're at? Is it is it blow it all up time? And what should he do? What's the right move? Let's start it out where we do every Saturday at this time. Our good buddy in Abington, Tom. Yo, Tom. Yo, James. How we doing today? What's up, buddy? How you doing? CBM. What up, man? CBM. <laughs> this is a new one. What did Howard call you, Elliot? 
Clickbait master. Uh, Monster. Monster, that was it. Well, I prefer yeah. master. <laughs> he, he, he tried to slide master in there, yeah. James. Yeah, well, I saw, I saw well the done. king later it's that day. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> All right, so let's get to I got to fill in the blank for you guys, six of them, and then right. I got a hell of a prediction at the end. Perfect. Can't wait. All right. In 2022, Carson Wentz will be the starting QB for blank. San Francisco 49ers. The Eagles. Ooh. Blank has final say on player personnel decisions for the 2020 Eagles. Howie Roseman. Jeffrey Larry. <laughs> wow. Okay, the Birds will win another Super Bowl within blank years. Ten? That's what I was going to say. I mean, not, not like two or three. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. Yeah, I came up with ten. <laughs> yeah, I think ten is like the optimistic you hope it happens. Well, let's thing. think. All right, so it's been three years since the last one, so 49 years we're due. <laughs> Touche. All right. Blank is the best current QB in the NFC East. Ooh. Daniel Jones. Alex Smith. Yeah, you might be right about that. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit, but okay. <laughs> I did too. I did too. All right. Uh, in 2022, Doug Peterson will be the head coach of blank. The New York Jets. Wow. Uh, the Houston Texans. Okay. I like the and Texans. Then, That's a good one. Finally, Jason Peters' legacy in Philadelphia will be blank. You go ahead with this first. James. Ruined, tarnished, done. Yeah. Any, yeah. any of those right. works. Legendary. I think oh. people get over it. I think he'll come. He'll get introduced to the team's Hall of Fame, and this will just be a side topic. I think by the That's time, right. yeah. That, well, I came up with tarnished. I think that was tarnished the best word. Good one. Said, yeah. Because he, he, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I appreciate what he did, but yeah, definitely people tarnished. People will get over it. I mean, everything's so ugly right now. It's hard to like. Yeah. Look, in know. a decade, True. do we maybe get over it? Maybe. But all right. So right my hell of a no. prediction for you guys. Um, Monday night, Wentz is going to be lousy in the first half, but he's going to be lousy well, due that, to the that's loud. A, that's about the, the easiest prediction yeah. a person can okay. make right now. <laughs> Wentz right, will be lousy oh, in the shot, first shots half. Shots at the Bronco yep. by James over there. He'll be that way due to the lousy play of the lousy players around him, that's the right. lousy play calling coming from the sideline, and the lousy management of this lousy team around him. So Jalen's going to get in in the second half. He's going to light up a terrible Seattle defense who's caught off guard, you know, because they game plan for Wentz, not for her. I like the built-in uh, excuses you already uh, have here, but go ahead. However, his uh, comeback will be cut short. They're going to lose 28-24. But most people are still going to get into that Hurts rental car this week. They're going to drive him straight to Lambeau. He's going to make his first NFL start where he's going to get his teeth kicked in. Mm. And this is going to expose him for the fool's gold that he is to everybody involved, including Dougie P, and further expose that it doesn't matter who the quarterback is this year because this is just a lousy, lousy team. Have a great weekend, fellas. Tommy, you too, man. A pleasure. I agree with him on that point. Well, I, I, so, think, I don't know who steps in and helps this team. I think They're the horrible. situation is so bad that I would agree. But look, like we have seen another quarterback come in here and succeed. I just I don't think the idea that Hurts could succeed All is right, that well, far-fetched. Well, well, it brings up a good question. A, a, a more basic question that Elliot and I are going to answer after the break. Will we see Jalen Hurts on Monday night in Seattle? Not in a gimmick way. Will Jalen Hurts be the Eagles right. quarterback for an extended period of time on Monday night? We'll answer that question coming up next. Plus, of course, Lane Johnson, Jason Peters. So much to get into. It's Elliot. It's James. It's Go Birds Radio. And let me remind you that so many of the Go Birds faithful have joined us and have set up their accounts and are having a blast. Legally betting on sports makes the games more fun. And like you, we all love the home teams. 
That's why we go with the home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to sports betting. Our team at Parks Casino Sportsbook are right here in Bucks County. That means your action, your money. They're safe and secure and on their easy-to-use sports betting app. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania, the Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Bet with the best. You can bet on every single game on the slate tomorrow. You can bet on college games today. You can bet on points at halftime, how many yards someone will throw for. You can bet, like I said, on any specific game. Here are a couple I like. Las Vegas minus three in Atlanta. I just think they're a better team. I like Las Vegas. Miami minus six and a half in New York against the worst team in football. I think they bounce back, handle business. And how about Kansas City? Minus three and a half at Tampa Bay. I think they also handle business as well. And, of course, if you want to bet on the Philadelphia game, they're a five and a half point underdog at home against Seattle. I Probably wouldn't bet on Philadelphia, but you can if you want to bet on every and any game with the Parks Casino Sportsbook app. And here's the deal. If you sign up now, you get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Yes, $500. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500 again. That's P-A-R-X, casino.com slash P-A. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. Jeffrey Laurie leaving practices in disgust, according to the report by Jeff McLean. It's Gilbert's Radio, presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer coming your way as a reaction to this show. Uh, bombshell report from Jeff McLean today. Like yeah, it. and it really speaks about where this team is at that another report that Doug might not mind being fired is just kind of... Like, ho-hum. Yeah, like, like, oh, yeah. Okay, who blames it's like, him? normally yeah. that's, like, such a massive... Oh, the head right. coach doesn't want to be here anymore. And, you know, it really just... Look, anything's possible in the second half of the season, I guess, but... This is this is not the vibes of a team that is going to. Fight no, that. it is not. not. It is not. And and what we've seen on the t- on the field tells us that too. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four coming up in a bit. I want to see what Elliot thinks about whether or not we're gonna see Jalen Hurts this week. I think there's a lot of reason to believe this might be the week we finally get to see him step on the field and uh, and otherwise. I, Jeffrey Lori, where are you at with this? What what should Jeff do? What do you think Jeff's gonna do? What does this report mean? Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Tennessee and talk to our good buddy. What's up, feller? Justin. What's happening, fellas? How you doing today? What up, man? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I've I've finally kicked this Rona's tail and I've got my taste back. I've got my smell back. I feel Wonderful. Like a brand new man. You did it, brother. Proud of you, man. I, I feel like a brand new man. No joke. Glad to hear uh, it. Good to good to hear from the you. The taste. The taste, the losing taste was the absolute worst thing ever, though, guys. I mean, you have no idea. Yeah, I do think that would really that suck. Is. I like, can only imagine. Like, it's so I mean, important it's, for everything. Like, taste is everything. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible, especially for a guy that likes to eat as much as I do. But anyway. <laughs> I'm happy you're good, man. That's awesome to hear. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Anyway, if they do, and I, believe, I think they're going to blow it up. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be Doug and Howie. If Howie sticks around, I think it will be like a – I think maybe Elliot mentioned this before. He will fail upward. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although I him. would not be a fan of keeping Howie around for what it's worth. I just I, I think it undercuts the new GM. Yeah, but I, the, I, Justin, I, I could absolutely see a situation where Jeffrey wants to get him away from decisions with player personnel but doesn't have the whatever to, to actually get rid of Howie once and for all and he becomes like president of whatever. Right. I could totally yeah. see that. Because of his failures at drafting, I mean, my goodness, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, 
I mean, it's too early to tell about Rager right now, but I mean, we've seen what Justin Jefferson can do. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I mean, it's too early. To, it is too early to tell about Rager, but I'll be honest when I say the initial signs to me aren't like super promising. And it could be the offense oh, no, is terrible. They're not. But. they're not. But if, let's say, you know, Doug is the one to go, uh, what head coach would we look at? Would we look at maybe like a Lincoln Riley or somebody who. Well,. The top offensive, like I, I think that, look, I, I, it's all about who's willing to leave and all these types of things and who's really available. But I think a name like Lincoln Riley makes sense in the idea of offensive innovation, well, offensive guys. Like, as this report is saying, like, Jeffrey's going to go after someone who has offensive credibility. Well, I think one thing you yeah. guys are overlooking I, is you cannot bring Lincoln Riley in here with both Carson and Jalen Well, Hurts on yeah, the that's a whole separate well, but discussion. it's a huge part of it. Yeah. They're both set to be on the roster that, next year. You cannot make Lincoln Riley the head coach. Well, but to your point before, you don't make a head coach decision based on the quarterback. You make right. a head coach decision based on who you think is the best chance to be yep. a great head coach. And I that's agree. something else. I didn't know if they would do it because they have Jalen and Carson and also because of the Chip Kelly experiment, you know, how, how badly it went. I didn't know mm-hmm. if that might be a deterrent from maybe bringing in one of these college coaches who are offensive, you know, minds. But right. I, I, what about Joe Brady as well? I'll, I'll get up and let you go, but I know he's never really had any head coaching experience. But Well, that was that my name. Another, Justin, but great anyway, call as I, always, brother. I'm happy you're feeling better. We're, we're I really appreciate it, boys. Then. Yep, talk, right, to we'll talk to you next week, hopefully. Um, that's an interesting name. Look, Joe Brady is going to be head coach. Uh, yeah. You know, he is <laughs> clearly he's a young, bright mind who is doing great things. Like, those guys get opportunities to be head Yeah, coaches. look, you look what he did at LSU with Joe Burrow. You look what he's doing in Carolina right now. I mean, that to me is the guy I would hire. Like, and I would take the risk on it being too early as, as opposed to being in a few years realizing you had the chance and passed on it. Um, that would absolutely 100% be the guy. I think he could coach – uh, I think he can drop an offense for any type of quarterback. Um, you see in Carolina what he does in terms of the speed they have, getting them open in space, all those things. Now, he's getting better quarterback play in Carolina than Doug is getting mm-hmm. in Philadelphia for what it's worth. But, yeah, I, to me, that would be the slam dunk hire. I mean, I, then obviously Eric uh, – Bienemy. I got to learn how to say that case. Bienemy. Bienemy. Then obviously Bien-Ami. Eric Bienemy. See, I'm older than you. I remember when he was at Colorado as a football player. Well, I do wonder. He's at NFL too, but he was he was great at Colorado. Would, would Lurie be hesitant to go just with another Andy disciple well, again? Uh, I I think they're both interesting questions, right? Like the idea of, of a Lincoln Riley because of the chip thing and yeah. then the the Eric Bienemy because of the Doug thing. Although you did win a Super Bowl. I was with just Doug. about to say you yeah. won a Super Bowl with Doug. So, like, you would think so. Look, ultimately, I would hope, I would hope that Jeffrey Lurie is not going to um, overreact to a bad experience and not make what he thinks is the right decision just because he had a bad experience with someone else. Well, but the other part of it is... Similar, but not the same person. They might not be able to get who they want. I mean, you look back at 2016, obviously Adam Gase proved to not be a good head coach and they lucked out by not getting him, but like they fired Chip early to get a head start on Adam Gase. They brought him in for an interview. They wanted him. He did not want to come here, right? Like, so, and they... I don't want to say lucked into Doug because they hired him, but obviously it ended up working out because they won a Super Bowl. It might not be this this way around. Like, if you're not a franchise people want to come to and you end up with the fourth best head coaching option, like, more times than not, that is not going to work out. Totally. So, if you're Eric uh, Benham. Bienemy. Ah, Bienemy. Bien? Like, muy bien? Spanish? Like, Bienemy. Bien? If you're Eric Bienemy, do you it's want like to a come frenemy. here? Bienemy. There you go. If you're, if you're Joe Brady, do you want to come here? If you're Lincoln Riley, are you leaving Oklahoma where you could – coach there for the rest of your life for $10 million a year to come to Philly. Like, I don't know how an, an attractive of a job it is. 215-592-9494. I don't know if this caller has ever called our show. He's one of my all-time favorite callers. 
The one, the only, Len from Swedesboro. Is that you, Len? Yo, what's up, James, my buddy? My man. You've never called us on the weekend here. This is awesome. It's great to hear your voice, Len. Or not in a while, at least. The old version of the show and all that. Right. Yeah, I'm always listening. I just this is the first time I'm gonna call in though. It's good to but, talk um, to you, Len. What's on your mind, absolutely. man? Len's the best. Len's awesome. the best. Absolutely. Thank you for yeah, calling. When I, when I, absolutely. Yeah. When I saw that story today, I, I love it. I love it. The fact that Lori, because you know, as, as a as a as a fan, you know, we we want to make sure our ownership is not going to be complacent because yep. we all see the problem. And I said earlier this season that I want Lori to have like a Chip Kelly is not it clarity type of moment, and it sounds like he has. So I think his first step has got to be how how he's got to go. You know, to me, how he's got to go. Preach, brother. Yeah. Preach. Yeah, he's got to go. Now, the thing is, what's crazy for me is he's got to go, but I don't really want him to leave the entire organization because I kind of like the continuity that, you know, Lori seems to be, he has to have somebody that he's comfortable with next to him. Like, he had Banner, then he went to Howie. And that's fine, but put Howie in a, in a different position where he's not, he's not doing any talent evaluation. Get rid of that entire scouting department. And, you know, my first pick would be like a Lou Riddick or somebody like that. I, I would there. like Lou Riddick. I think that would be a good hire. My only concern with keeping Howie in the building is I think it's like a little bit of a Carson Wentz, Nick Foles thing. Undermines the new general manager. Yeah, I just think it's going to be tough okay. for someone to come in here knowing, look, look what happened with Howie and Chip, right? I remember in, yeah. De- in Detroit, uh, it was Chip's final year. They got blown out in Detroit. I believe it was on Thanksgiving. And I see Jeffrey Lurie and Howie walk out of the locker room together. It was the first time I'd seen Howie all year in person. And I remember oh. thinking like, okay, Howie's starting to circle again, right? So, and, uh, you know, I just think the idea of having another GM come in here and having to clean shop of Howie's mistakes with Howie in the building is just a tough way for anybody to succeed. Yeah, that's a good point. It's definitely a good point. Now, in terms of Joe Brady, if you did bring in a Joe Brady, you'd have to bring in, a, like, a strong defensive coordinator with a lot of, lot of experience because, obviously, Joe's never been a head coach, so you're going to need somebody like a Dan Quinn or somebody like that who's been a head coach and kind of can control that side and maybe – Almost well, like a, yeah, almost yeah like Jim, a Jim Schwartz, Schwartz with Doug. Yeah. It's, a, it's exact same idea. That's what they did with Doug Peterson when when Doug right. got here. Like that was their whole idea was all right. Doug is somewhat inexperienced, particularly obviously as a head coach, but but in NFL coaching, let's bring in guys around him like Frank Reich, like Jim Schwartz, people who yep. have wealth, a wealth of experience doing this exactly. stuff to make it easier on him. That's a smart thing to do. Exactly, exactly. All right, guys, great show, man. Keep it up. Hey, Len, yep, call thanks, more Colin. often, man. What a we'll pleasure. Do, we'll do. What a we'll pleasure. Right, the other concern with Joe Brady would be he is similar to Doug in the way that he has no head coaching experience, but, like, Doug had Frank Reich. And, you know, forget, like, the X's and O's parts of it. I do think having somebody like Frank Reich was helpful to Doug, and you would need somebody like that with Joe Brady. And one of the reasons we've always said Doug succeeded here and one of the reasons, you know, we all like him as a head coach is he does have that emotional intelligence part to part of it, and we laughed when Larry said that, but it ended up being being huge, massive. Now, yes, it ended up being massive. Now the question would be like, and I don't know Joe Brady personally, so the the question would be, is Joe Brady a good enough X's and O's guy that maybe if he doesn't have that innate natural head coaching ability, like can you overcome that? Because well, I think Doug the first is a natural question, head coach. Yeah, the first question is, does he have that? Right. The first question is, you meet Joe Brady, you get to know him. Like, what kind of charisma does this guy have? What kind of a but if, speaker if you met is him and he didn't have that, how concerned right. would you be? That, that it's a fascinating question. Yeah. I would be concerned. Like, would you again, still hire him? I'd have to be in the room and I have to talk to him. Yeah. And there's so many factors I think that go into that, but. I do think that that part, the leader of men part, is incredibly important. Like, that is not something to be taken lightly. I mean, you know I bring it up all the time, but, like, Brian Flores, like, that, he's not an offensive genius, but you know what? He's a damn good head coach so far. Like, right. because because guys play for him, and he's a leader of men, and he and he gets people to buy into what he's doing. I think that does really and matter. You know what I liked about what he did with Tua in Miami? 
was just like how clean it was, right? Like they benched Tua, done. He said it was because we wanted to win the game, done. The excuse is out there. Next, he's starting next week, done. Like you look at how this Wentz Hurts thing has been handled, and it's just sloppy. Like from drafting him, you undermine him immediately. You put him in and out of the field, which is kind of like interesting only in the dramatic way, not in the play way. The plays are incredibly boring. You, you're Doug and you say on, I guess it was Thursday of this week or Wednesday, whenever he said it, you know, well, he's my quarterback today. Oh, no, actually, Carson is starting. Like, they've reached a point, like, when they eventually pull Carson, like, it's going to have been done in a sloppy way. And then you look at Miami and they handled it so perfectly. Totally. And yeah. Different dynamics. It is. It is. But I, I'll tell you, and it, I, I've not seen a ton of Brian Flores press conferences and not that, you know, we, we kill Doug for this stuff and it's not everything, but like, Man, that guy feels like a leader. Yeah. Like you listen to him talk, he never stumbles, he never says the wrong thing. Like he's just having a conversation with. What's well, like people. John Harbaugh? Yeah, Mike Tomlin. Like these guys that are like elite level leaders, and they don't control one side of the ball. Now they're known for one side versus the other. But like Mike Tomlin doesn't. I believe he does not call plays. No, in, and I, I, on the defense, and I also I mean, think it's yeah. yes, and I also think it's incredibly important with some of these guys, like like to know your strengths and weaknesses, like a Sean McVay. That guy doesn't try and get involved in the defense. He just says, all right, I'm going to keep talking to my quarterback. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, like, he's just focused on the offense. I think sometimes coaches need to know that. But my concern with moving on from Doug is I do think he has two elite qualities. I do believe he has, like, can control a locker room, get players to to play hard for him. But then I also do think he's a great play caller. I just think it's such a mess this year that's not showing. 215-592-9494. Jeffrey Lurie, what's going to happen? I mean, is it uh, is blowing it up on the horizon? Because that's what this article says, and uh, we'll get to it. Will we see Jalen Hurts? Oh, I was going to say on this weekend, but Monday. Feels Monday like the game night. should be it tomorrow. Does, it yeah. does. Uh, Monday night, will we see Jalen Hurts play meaningful snaps? That's something we're going to get to next as well. It's Go Birds Radio. It's Elliot. It's James. We're coming right back. It is Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. James Seltzer, Elliot Shore, Parks coming your way till 3 o'clock. Eagles Seahawks on this station Monday night. You Should know, be fun. I think one of the, the toughest spots the Eagles find themselves in is it's just not crystal clear what the problem is. Like, if you're the Jets, you're like, yeah, Adam Gase is definitely <laughs> Last year when they when the Giants fired Pat Shermer, like, yeah. Pat Shermer is definitely the that problem. That guy's the issue, yeah. And But I think when you just go through the three of them, like, Cause there's, there's blame pros to, and cons. There's, there's blame everywhere. Right. Like, you could move on from any of them and end up regretting it. Yeah. Or you could— Well, the, you could you could make a valid argument for why you should or should not move on from any of them, Well, and it's the worst place to be because what it puts you in is a spot of, like— nine, Indecision. Right. Yeah. And, and a place of, like, where you can talk yourself into bringing them back— but the results have been what they are. Well, that's why I will say, you know, outside of what does it mean and all that, I do think that that hearing these types of reports about Jeffrey Lurie, to Len's point, our last car's point, yeah. that is heartening. Like, that, it is good Absolutely. to know that Jeffrey Lurie is not happy with what's happening and that he is, like, ready to make changes because that's what we want and, as well. And let's not get it twisted. Like, it would be very easy for Jeffrey Lurie to come out here the week after the season ends and go, you know what? I was really disgusted with what I saw. It was not the season we wanted, but it was a weird year. These three have won for me. I'm I'm giving them another shot. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be very easy for him to do that. And he still might. But I think the report at least indicates he is not leaning that way. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four from one of my all time favorite callers who hasn't called us to another of my all time favorites we haven't heard from in forever. <laughs> Ike in Burlington. What up, brother? Yo, what's up, guys? How you How been, you man? How you what doing? Up, How you doing? Hey, Elliot, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. Thanks for calling. 
listen, um, I, I, James, I haven't got the call in, but I, I do still listen at it. So I miss you. Ike. Um, this, 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 I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in the Eagles organization. I'm, and I'm suffering like everything that's going. It, it's such a roller coaster, yeah. man. Like as a fan of this team, yeah. Um, it's certainly I, not the new norm. I'll tell you that much. I, it, it's, it's definitely not, dude. And you're, you're right. This isn't just no cut and dry case, like you know Adam Gaze in, you know, with the Jets yeah. or Rich Kotite twenty five years ago. It, 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 the one thing I will say, though, one thing no one can argue on Sundays, whether he lost his mojo or just something ain't right, the play calling has been horrendous. So I can, I can say that's something that I would put on Doug. I have no idea what's going on with Carson. Like, I, I look at Carson Wentz and I look like, man, that's somebody I'd I, I love for my daughter to bring home, that that's the guy that she's going to marry. But then you hear these reports. You know, and you, you know, and you try to throw him off as, you know, is this guy's just hating, or you know, is this right. a, a, a unhappy Alshon or Nelson or this? Or, but there's something. There's a very weird dynamic going on, and it's been happening for three years now. Yeah. Ever, ever since 2018, and it's so hard to pinpoint it, but there's something off. And I want to run something by you guys. If we were to blow the whole thing up. This this is this is two moves that I would love to see them make. Get Howie out of there, and I like I like I look what's going on in Oakland right now. It took them took them two years to get off and running, but I really am a big fan of what they're doing mm-hmm. with uh, John Gruden and Mike, Mike Mayock. I want Daniel Jeremiah in here running things. Mm. I love Daniel I, Jeremiah. I think he's fantastic. I, I think he's personable. The guy is glued to the draft. He knows these. I mean, when they're picking in the seventh round and they're on 240, you know, within 10 seconds, he's our, this guy, you know, was here. And I I really, really, really would would like that. And, you know, he was, he worked with the Eagles before and he was in Baltimore before, right? Correct. And, and if they're going to scrap and go with Jalen Hurts, I don't know, man, I kick the tires on Urban Meyer. Ooh, that's an outside the box call right there. I'm trying to saddle look, Urban Meyer, check, which was I, look, Mike. Ike, it's great to hear from you, brother. Yeah, great call. You too, got me. Um, I don't think Urban Meyer's taking an NFL gig. If he no. had wanted that, that would have happened already. But to the point of Jeremiah and, and Lou Riddick mentioned before, I like both those guys. They're both smart. But I think sometimes we we fall into a trap of of because we know these guys and can hear them talk mm-hmm. about players that we don't realize there are guys in NFL buildings right now who could do that with their eyes closed right. also I mean, and, and are also. actually out on the road scouting these guys and doing all that stuff too. Yeah. You Look, know? Now, what, to his point, though, I mean, I do like the idea of hiring somebody that has spent, you know, the last whatever Watching years of his league, life. Watching the league, covering the league, all that. And yeah. that's what really, to be honest, to what I just said, like any prospective GM candidate will have been doing that. It's mm-hmm. not like they're going to interview someone and he's like, well, I've, you know, I pay attention to the draft. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, right? it's so, not going to be Mike McCarthy, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, look, I, if they fire Howie... I, I want, you know, I want a young guy. I don't want a retread. I want someone that's young, motivated, going to come in here with an interesting background, like those type of things. I, I don't – if you blow it up, blow it up and, and go young and hire new guys. Like Urban Meyer, I wouldn't even really want Urban Meyer as the head coach here. Like, no, I would want, again, to the point that I, my biggest issue with Doug offensively has been the, the lack of, of uh, you know, ingenuity, the lack of innovativeness, the well, lack me, of changing Let me throw something around. by you. So uh, Brian Baldinger – was on the uh, af- the midday the afternoon show. I always I shouldn't say this to you, but no I always worries. mix no the worries, names brother. up. Yeah, no worries. but he was asked, you know, when he watches the tape, 
how like is Doug the problem? And he said flat out no. He said he thought the issue was Carson. He said there are plays to be made and Carson is not making them. I don't know if I completely agree, and I've been one of Doug's biggest defenders. I just thought it was interesting coming from a guy who watches, and look, trust me, having worked with Baldinger, like watches every game sure. multiple times each week. Like he knows the NFL just as much as anybody. I would put anybody uh, no up question. there against no him. No question. And he does not feel Doug is the problem. I mean, that's certainly notable. 215-592-9494. Look at who's on the line. My good buddy Lenny and Pittman. Lenny! Happy holidays to the best show on earth. Ah, oh, thanks, You're man. far Happy too Happy holidays kind. to you as well. How you well. doing, Len? Really, you, you guys are just, yeah, no need to be firing anybody here. <laughs> we, we ought to be Fingers extending crossed, yeah. contracts here. There we go. All right. And matter of fact, two lens in the same hour. How about that? Oh, yeah. How about that? Can't go wrong. So I only live about five uh what, seven minutes from Swedesboro? Oh, okay, so anyhow, here's the situation. I'm going to play club. a game today, too, uh, like your first caller. We're going to do, in honor of Alex Trevec, we're going to play a little Jeopardy. Right. And the questions are Matt Stafford and regression. And the answer is, what is Carson Wentz? Mm. I remember two years ago, I coined him. He's going to be nothing more than Matt Stafford. And I remember being ridiculed. I'd like to retrace that now. He's nothing more than maybe Chase Daniels. Oh, uh, and, and, and regression. I remember calling up here and saying Jared Goff was the right. Oh, Jared Goff stings. I remember calling up Dak Prescott. Oh, Dak Prescott. Every quarterback that we've talked about has overran him now. Yeah. But he's not even in the mix, and that's called regression. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing about Carson is what you'll hear people say is like, well, when he's at his best, or like you bring up 2017, <clears throat> it's such a small sample size now. Like, yeah, any yes. player at their best in the NFL is a good player. Literally any of them. That's why they're in the NFL. But Carson – you know, at his best does not happen. Very it frequently. doesn't. But again, it, it's also slightly different because at his best was, you know, one of the two or three best players in football. So I I think that's why that comes up. But I, I agree with your basic point for mm. sure. And it's funny you guys bring up the word tape. In every uh, post-game interview when uh, Wentz is on, well, I got to do a better job. I, I got to stop fumbling the ball. And, I, 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 and somebody asked him the tough question, well, when are you going to stop fumbling and turning the ball over? And he says, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I got to look at the tape. Well, I don't know what tape he's watching. I said, you know, Baldy watches tapes, and I trust Baldy. But, I mean, it, you know, I got to watch the tape. Well, what you're watching, you ought to be ashamed of. I mean, he has regressed to the point where I don't even know if you could get – I mean, I, what could you get for him in a trade? I, I'm just curious. So I still think you could potentially get a first Yeah, for him, more than you would think would be my answer. But I think answer. you at least get a second. Like, worst-case scenario, you get a second-round pick for him. As always, the greatest show on earth has allowed me the opportunity to speak, and I want to thank you guys, and God bless you, and have a good holiday. You too, man. Thanks a pleasure as always. I'll talk to you soon, brother. A pleasure as always. 215-592-9494. All right, I keep uh, – they, they call it a tease in radio when you tease something you're going to talk about. But you got to deliver on the tease yep. for it actually. So we will actually answer the question in our minds. Are we going to see Jalen Hurts play meaningful snaps on Monday night? That's coming up next, plus your calls Jeffrey Laurie, a whole lot more on the table. It's Go Birds Radio. It's James and Elliot. We're coming right back. And again, let me remind you that so many of the Go Birds faithful have already joined us and have set up their accounts and are having a blast. Legally betting on sports makes the games more fun. And like you, we all love the home teams. That's why we go with the home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to sports betting. Our team at Parks Casino Sportsbook is right here in Bucks County. That means your action, your money, 
They're safe and secure on their easy-to-use sports betting app. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app bet with the best. You can bet on any game on the slate today, college, tomorrow, pro. You can bet on how many yards someone's going to throw for, what the score at halftime is, over-unders, total touchdowns, anything and everything. Of course, some games I like. I love Las Vegas, mine at three at Atlanta. I think they're just a... A better team. I like KC minus three and a half at at Tampa Bay against you know who. And I mean, I'll be honest. I like Seattle minus five and a half against Philly. I think they're just a way better football team. But again, you can bet on any and every game on the slate. And here's the deal for you: if you sign up now, you get a risk-free bet of up to five hundred dollars. Yes, five hundred dollars. Download the app or go to parkcasino.com/pa and use our promo code GoBirds. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Again, that's P-A-R-X, casino.com slash P-A. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. It is Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. One hour down, one to go. The legend, Rob Ellis, coming your way at 3 o'clock. It's us until then. Coming up. In a couple minutes, we're going to find out if Elliot Shore Parks thinks. Finally get that answer. We're going to see Jalen Hurts' significant snaps on Monday night. I'll tell you what I think, too, for now. Let's go back to the phone, 215-592-9494. Talking about, again, the title from Jeff McClain's story, Jeffrey Lurie's atypical absence from Brown game, Brown's game speaks to owner Eagles owners' frustrations, sources say, and there's some interesting stuff in the article about uh, potentially Lori storming out of practice in disgust. Disgust. And all kinds of issues. Things got to be really bad for practice to be disgusting. Tell me about it. We talk about practice. There you go. I was literally about Not to do it. But I don't do it well. Not so a was, game. Yeah. 215-592-9494 to weigh in on any and all. Let's go to Florida and talk to our good buddy, Ja'Cory. Hey, Ja'Cory. What's going on, guys? Yo, what up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Good. Um, I sound like... No, uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't think we need a rebuild or retool. Because I, when I think rebuild, it's just like you're blowing up everything and, like, you know, you're taking all the good players and you're training them. I think we need a retool or overhaul of some of these veterans, especially, like, on the defense, like Jalen Mills, uh, maybe, I don't know, Malik Jackson, um, some other pieces on the offense, too, like Jason Peters. And I think, you know, I'm going to say this right now. Brandon Brooks is the, our best offensive lineman. He's the glue of our offensive line. Now, Jason Kelsey is the heart and soul. You know, the heartbeat offensive line, but I think Brandon Brooks is our best offensive lineman. But to yeah. your point, Ja'Cory, real quick, that all the guys you're mentioning and, and everyone you're kind of talking about, both the ones you want to get rid of, but also the ones that, that you're talking about is good, it's everyone's old, man. Like, everyone. Yeah. It's all, like, 30 or older for every single but, guy you mentioned. Well, but so the like, other the other problem is, I, I, I don't know if I completely agree with you in terms of just kind of making, you know, various changes around the roster. I do think they're close to needing a blow-up. That's where but, I'm going. But, but even if you are going to go the path of just changing the safety and these type of things, like, do you trust Howie to replace those guys? Because that's what Larry has to decide. Like, he, whatever path they're going, he has to decide who he trusts to overlook that path. That's what I'm saying. I think with, you know, how we have bad addressing is, like, I want somebody new here, like a Daniel Jeremiah, like the one call was saying, or Lewis Rick, somebody who's good with players that knows players that can draft these positions and we can get younger and more, you know, have more depth. Um, another thing is, too, we have to start stop using the word regress. It's an overrated word. 
mm-hmm. mentioning Carson Wentz. I think he's just having a bad season. You know, not a real quarterback's coach. You know, not enough, like, OTAs, no offseason to get used to these new receivers or this banged-up offensive line, you know? No, Ja'Cory, um, and I, look, uh, great call. I, I Look, I, I am a, a Carson Wentz defender, as we know. Elliot and I have gotten into well it documented. many times, but... But, I mean, regression is the right word. I mean, he has regressed. That doesn't mean he can't progress again, but he has absolutely regressed. Well, I'll ask you something, and unlike a lot of my questions, I don't already know the answer. What, what I will ask you is, like, are there examples of elite quarterbacks just having abysmal years? Like, I understand every year is different, and, you know, there are some guys that are going to have not great years, but does any elite-level quarterback ever get this bad? Like, is, is there an example of someone doing that? Well, I mean, I'm sure, like, there are examples of, of guys who were horrendous before they turned elite, obviously, and there are guys who became elite later in their career after, right. like, the Ryan, T- and I, Tannehill, maybe not elite, but you know what I mean, that idea of a of a guy who was Very a high good. pedigree pedigree player who it didn't work out for, and they go somewhere else, and it, it gets figured out. Um, in terms of someone who had, like, look, I think it's examples, like, look, Lamar Jackson this year, we do see guys who have these, these good example. elite top level seasons and then kind of come back to earth after that. But look, Carson is certainly on the, the far end of as bad as that type of player can get. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think we, we all might just have to accept the answer is Carson is not good. Like that just might be the answer. We might be overcomplicating things. Now, the question is how it's much possible, do you invest in him? It's possible, but it also could to... be that he's broken and fixable. Like there, both things could be true. I, right, but I is, agree. is he worth Fixing like well, if you're you paid him invest, a lot well, of money, so you, I think you have to at least try and fix him. Would you just throw the money down the drain? Yeah, well, smart people don't put bad money on bad money. But I mean, I, uh, well, look, yeah, I, whether or not that uh, sunk costs, like I'm with you. Like if you go back two years, I, I maybe they don't sign him that contract, but it's done, it's over. He's here. So at what point do you? Well, but I guess my point would be if you're going to have an organizational effort to rebuild a quarterback. Wouldn't it make more sense just to make it the younger guy, Jalen Hurts? Like, if you're going to put everything you have into training a quarterback back up, I, I, I think you're overrating what it, everything you have. Like, well, you're saying are, he's broken, right? But again, yeah, well, like that, you're you're just because you're trying to fix a quarterback doesn't mean you can't run a team. Like, it's not like all well, your no, no, resources but, but, going to. My point I'm making is if 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 Jeffrey, the younger looked, quarterback might not be any good. We don't know Jalen Hurts is good. Carson Wentz stink. isn't any good. But, but, least we've seen Wentz be great in the NFL before like there is that inside there somewhere like at least it's worth a shot of giving him a new coach right and I'm not saying I'm definitively on one side of the fence on this debate I'm just more saying if you're telling me like if I'm Jeffrey Lurie and I'm sitting there and saying okay Carson's broken to whatever degree we can debate but Carson like this is not working with Carson so I need to retool the roster to make Carson better. I need to hire a new head coach. Well, I to think train that, him. again, I think those are not independent. I no, think they need to not, retool but, the roster for any quarterback to be good. But, but I guess the you point know what I'm, I mean. The point I'm making is, if I have to take all these steps to make a quarterback better, I think there's a legitimate argument to be made of taking the steps to make the guy that's cheaper, didn't tear his ACL, didn't break his back, didn't suffer a concussion, and is more fit to today's NFL. Yeah, sure. Like, I think my, they, my point is, is that it shouldn't. You're making it out to be like this, like. Massive undertaking where you can't do well, it. What is a things. massive undertaking? Yeah. Carson's like 28th or 29th in the league of in most course, but d- he just needs to be coached. Like, he just needs to be coached but, up. But and what coach I'm saying is, if you just got to coach somebody up, why not coach up the guy that's cheaper, younger? You can coach more guy than uh, at once.
sense. Like, what do you mean? Like, do, we do you can't see my coach po- two do you guys. See my like, point, though. No, not really. Uh, well, I'm confused point, by so, it. All right, let me try again then. Because if you're confused, I must not be doing a great job. I'm but, just confused by what your yeah. Point my ultimate is. point is, I, if I'm going to reinvest in somebody, give me the guy that doesn't have an. But again, issue. they have to decide that they're done with Carson. If they believe there's something left in Carson, then it's worth trying. If they believe that Carson's got nothing left, then it's not worth trying. I think that's really simplifying. Well, that's the it. question, Larry. Has yeah, to exactly. Answer. We don't yeah. know their answer to that. Let's go to Vancouver and talk to our buddy Tom all the way from Vancouver, <laughs> Tommy. Oh my God! Where's my phone? It's <laughs> all right. My Take your time. Take there your time. We go. <laughs> What's up, Tommy? How what are up, you, man? <laughs> you found that pretty quick. I got to say, all things considered, good good job by you on that one. Well, look, having the opportunity to speak with uh, two micro celebrities, um, <laughs> super celebrities in the in the in your region, but uh, if you super make it micro, here, like yeah. micro, micro. I, I appreciate yeah. it though. Well, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thinking back to both the NJ and the and the BLG era. Oh, nice. So oh, wow. for both, for each of you, oh, Long Tommy, time. yeah, you're bringing out my the man, dude. You're, you're, thank you. <laughs> That's really cool. Thank you. So, okay, so I've got a a, a small little statement. I'm gonna I'm, and I want to reach you uh, something that I wrote a few days ago because it was it's really timely. Nice. Then I've got because there seems to be this theme of questions. So then I'll leave you with some questions which might which might also help. Um, ESP clarifies thoughts. Love so it. Perfect. I, agree. I always need help with that, so thank you. <laughs> I, well, we need to help set you up for some hot takes. Exactly, exactly so, right. <laughs> so I agree in firing Howie. Um, I think that James is right that he's the common denominator. He's a, he's a consummate and typical high-level corporate executive politician. And I think that Carson's been set up to fail because he's got a bad cast, so-so play calling, psychologically destabilizing uh, drafting uh, mm-hmm. and such and trades. So I also think that Howie or the Doug will be happy to get out of what's basically been an abusive relationship for him since the Super Bowl was won, in my view. Um, not that I'm saying that I don't think he did so-so play calling. So this yep. is what I wrote a few days ago. The reasons they will almost undoubtedly sit Wentz within the next two games are twofold. Lurie is embarrassed by his star's player, and we have to keep in mind that he is—he likes stardom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lurie was in the—he uh, was an executive producer in sure. the entertainment business. Absolutely. He's—it's—and uh, it, um, Doug will lose his job if they wait too long to sit Wentz, particularly if Hertz ends up playing well. But they will have Wentz start, as it would be risky to have Hertz start against and historically bad defense and look good. Yeah. If they struggle, they may bench Wentz at halftime, or better yet, just give Hurts a real series to see how he does. It's not a disaster, but if Wentz is still bad and they lose, then they start Hurts the next game. So that's in keeping with what you guys have been thinking. Mm-hmm. And here's some questions, and then I'll leave you guys to go at it with your brilliance. All right. All right. So Larry's Lur- uh, questions, as all the circumstantial evidence that we have, and all, that all roots are going back to Howie. So questions, is Doug bad because of how uh, he um, how he's doing now, or does he look bad, uh, or does Howie look bad because of Doug? So does Doug look bad because of Howie, or does Howie look bad because of Doug? I we would both Doug, say Doug looks bad because of Howie. I believe Doug looks bad yeah. because of Howie. Yeah. So who chooses the coaches? Uh, Howie and Jeff, well, Jeff it seems, yeah. yeah. Are we? Are we? Are we? That's what we think. Now, I we mean, again, they, we feel pretty, pretty confident. Yeah, we feel pretty confident in the sense that Doug Peterson went out one day and said, "My coaches will be back," and then they were fired the next day. My, so. my, my, like, you know, like informed guess on how this goes is Jeffrey says what he wants, how he goes and finds it, they bring it to Doug, like, and then Doug doesn't get final say, but then Doug basically gets on board, like the Scangarello thing. Like they, they targeted Scangarello, and then Doug got along with him, and they were like, "Okay, like I don't think Doug." 
I, I think there's a perception that Doug's putting up fights. Like, I don't think Doug put up, is putting up fights. I just think Doug is an easygoing type of guy. Like, I think they're like, hey, you should talk to Scangarillo. And he talks to him, and, and it's like, wow, that went great. And so they hire Scangarilla. Okay. All right. So we're leading towards that conclusion then. Who is the one who uh, really wanted Hurts? Hmm. Uh, it's a really interesting question. I, I would say above Doug, I would say. I would say it was a combination of Howie and Larry. That would be my guess, too. And I'm sure yeah, Doug they, liked him, but again, like, you know, and again, I, don't I think, like Doug. Way, I, don't, I don't think Howie makes that draft pick without Jeffrey Lurie yes. knowing about it and being on board to a certain I extent. also don't think Doug has the sway to make a second-round pick. So who picked Andre Dillard? Howie. And who pushed, Howie. And who, who pushed to get Golden Tate? I think that was also Howie. In my remember opinion. that. Remember that. Uh, remember These are good questions. Yeah, a lot. Of co- you got, how <laughs> yeah, many yeah, more you got, like Tommy? Like, yeah, Only like, a couple more. Don't worry. All right, yeah, but let's <laughs> let's let's fire through them because we got to get some other calls up. But fire okay. through them here. So, uh, who uh, who uh, pushed to have Jason Peters on the field? Howie and uh, and why was why was Wentz not called? Uh, uh, and why was Wentz not benched earlier? And uh, why wasn't Hertz allowed to pass when he was playing? It's so funny. These questions are like SAT questions. I this feel like I need great. Like, yeah. Well, Tom, hold on. We're gonna, let's react. Tommy, thank you for the yeah, call, man. For call, call man. more. Yeah, this right, is great. Guys. Call more from yeah, Vancouver. Please call really appreciate week. it. Thank you, Tommy. Um, uh, uh, perfect time to bring up the, the tease that I teased seven times. Okay. Will we... Uh, to Tom's points, and, and you know, wh- whoever drafted him, whatever the, he's asking why we haven't seen more passing plays, point blank. Monday night, Eagles, Seahawks, will we see Jalen Hurts play meaningful snaps in that game? No. Ooh. Look, I get that Ooh. we I get that we read Doug's presser and we we say they're thinking about it. I believe they they've had discussions about it. I think the fact that Doug brought up unprompted he was thinking about it is interesting. But ultimately are they going to sit down Carson Wentz at a primetime game on Monday night and put in Jalen Hurts? I just don't think they're going to do it. I don't think so. I think that we overreact to the pressers and act like Doug has some type of plan. I don't think Doug has a plan. I think he just reacts and does a poor job at times. I just I don't think that they're going to pull Carson. I, I think that the ramifications of it, and we can downplay it all we want and say they did it to McNabb in 08, and you can sit him down and he'll learn and all that. The ramifications are what they are. If they bench Carson, like that's basically it. It's basically it. I I agree with everything you said. That answer from Doug, the way he answered it, what, what today, Wednesday? Oh no, not right. today. And the whole thing, like, man, it just made me think. To your point about Doug being honest and just answering things on the fly and all that, it made me think that they have had real, real, real discussions. Oh, they're definitely it. thinking about it. If I had to bet, and again, it's all dependent upon Carson playing bad in the first half, but. I, let's put it this way: If Carson plays bad in the first half, I think we will say J- we will see Jalen Hurts start the second half of Monday night. And that's where it, I'm at. It is one thing to think about it; it is a completely other thing it, to do it. Sp- like, and like you said, it, on national television, Monday night football, like everyone's reacted to the Sunday games Monday. So your Tuesday—that's your day. Everyone's talking about you. It is. It is as well, big a story as it could be. Let me you ask you this: way. Do they go into the game having decided, like, look? If Carson's bad in the first half, yes. you're making the switch. Or- I, I I don't think Doug has the power to do it on his own. Well, but but what I'm saying is, do you think they are going to the game saying, Doug, 
you have the power to do this. Like, we've all talked. We've discussed the ramifications. It's hard to say what exactly is going to happen. But if you believe it's the time to do it, we are on board with it. Or do you think this is much more of a I think this is much more, yeah. Okay. I think this is much more of a Howie getting in Doug's headset and being like, all right, Doug, it's time. Like, Could you that's imagine a- Lurie and Howie in Doug's headset throughout the game? <laughs> Doug, what are you doing? Yeah. Hey, we're wondering why he keeps going for two. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Middletown and talk to Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys, man. You, know, you guys have one of the best shows on radio, guys. Really oh, appreciate well, it. Thanks, man. I super Way appreciate too kind. that. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, and I'm about to sort of add another layer to this issue. Perfect. We've heard about the different uh, ways to try to improve this team and, you know, whether you're going to move on from the coaching staff, what have you. To me, a part of this issue with Doug and, you know, I've heard people say, oh, you know, his, his office of coaching staff, you know, they sort of pulled the rug from under him last season. Well, my issue is he made a mistake in 2018. Deuce Staley should have been promoted to offensive coordinator. So, and I'm quite sure it was uh, Doug Peterson's decision to give the job to Mike Groh. And, you know, to, it might have been. We don't know one way or the other. It well, might have been yeah, Howie and Jeffries, look, but let me, I, I let was me, with you for what it's worth. Let me I interrupt super not. quick because I want your I want your feedback on what I have to say. So, yeah, I, I, I like, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like, look, I like Deuce a lot as a as a coaching candidate. I get all the things that he brings. The bottom line is, like, it's a passing league, and Jeffrey Lurie and Doug are passing guys. And I just think that's what hurts Deuce is that he's a running back that teaches that coaches the running back. So when when they promoted Mike Grow, and I understand now looking back, like twenty twenty, clearly, although you know the coaches this year are not making Grow look bad at all, uh, but like Grow was promoted because he was a former quarterback, he was integral in the passing game, and that's why they did it. So I well, get your Ellie. point, but. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Ellie, and I, I'm glad you brought that up, though. See, this is the issue, and one of you brought it up, maybe even James, that really being a successful head coach is really about being a leader of men. And I look yeah, but he's not the head coach, Ellie. though. No, I know he's not the head coach, but I'm saying he's at saying every— He be a leader uh, of men, his, is what he's saying. Yeah, his position group has always been successful, really, and, and that's what, you know, changes year in, year yep, out. I agree. And to me, and, and, and so, I mean, and you can't divorce this from the other issue, too. The National Football League is trying to draw attention to the lack of uh, black coordinators. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's a major issue. It's yeah, a massive it's issue. Summer, summer, it's, it's, it's summer of awakening for people. And to me, it's not like Deuce Staley. It's not about an affirmative action thing. Deuce Staley's paid his dues. He's earned it. He's uh, I'm with you. Yeah. No, Bri- you Brian, Brian, great call, man. Call again and next his, Look, his point is excellent. I think the Eagles... Would clear, certainly clear benefit. The, yeah, we both said that at the time. I wanted Deuce to get the OC job. I just, I think it's pretty clear that the way they've treated Deuce along the way here is that they don't look at Deuce in that and way. I they also, just don't. I also think it's worth noting that nobody else has hired Deuce. That's a fair point, right? too. But the, the other, yeah, I just, look, I think Deuce it would be a better head coach than offensive coordinator. I agree with you on that. So when you're talking about offensive coordinator, that's different than head coach. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Bruma and talk to Mike. Hey, buddy. Hi, James. How are you? Good to talk to you, man. What's on your mind today? Good to talk to you, too. It's been a while, man. What's up there? What's up there, Ellie? How you doing? What up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Good. Uh, first off, James, if I don't get a chance to do this week, I'm very busy with the kids and everything. Happy early birthday to Zoe. Oh, look oh, at that wow. memory. You, that, you that's correct? elite right there. On, I didn't even know coming that. Coming up on Friday to Zoe's second birthday. Mike, you rule. Well, James, you know why, right? Yeah, yeah. Same, same birthday. Yep, I remember. Same birthday. Yeah. James's James is daughter, my birthday. Have the, have the same birthday. Pretty cool. Five years apart, but same birthday. Just like me and you, Elliot, share a birthday. There you go. Boom. Greatness all over right now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, uh, I love the Jeffrey Lurie storm better practice. I think that's awesome. Agreed. Because I think that it shows that he's 
he's very in tune. And if, if he's going to get rid of Howie or Doug, he's got to do both. Because I think if you take one out or another, I think it's just going to – it's the definition of enchantment. I think it's just going to run its course again. I agree. Way, I think it's hard to replace one and not the other. Yeah, it's, it's not a puzzle totally that works. Agree. Yeah, I mean, look, you look in New York, right? I mean, they they fired mm-hmm. the GM, and now he's saddled with Adam Gase. You look at Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman. Like, it's not – you want to start clean with both guys. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And if they can get, like, a, a good offensive mind in here, you know, to work with Carson, if they're not going to try – I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Carson. I mean, you're probably going to have to get a coach that can either work with Carson or if That's, you want to trade – I mean, you can mm-hmm. try and trade him, but, I mean, it's so – like you guys were saying earlier, that contract, it's, it's so hard to trade him. You're going to have to – so much well, money, but the but scarier use- part is trying to fix him, and he's not fixable. Like you said, you yeah. want a good offensive mind in here. Now we might disagree on this, but like I believe Doug is a good offensive mind. I just think him and Carson don't click. Yeah, I, you know, people say that he's stubborn, and you know, people are saying that his bad practice habits, like it's just it's it's so much, and it's just and, yeah. You know, even my wife, my my wife is he's, she's a big Eagles fan, but she would you know she'll sit there and watch and cheer, but she's like, my God, they are so hard to watch this year. Yeah. Like, I can't. It's I like can't a root deal. canal, man. Like they're brutal to watch. What, what it's I not think, fun. What I think is interesting is when you talk to non-Eagles fans, how clear how they they just go like, it's oh yeah, straight. It's clear. It's like Occam's oh, yeah, razor. Car- Carson sucks. Yeah, like it's yeah. just you know I think sometimes we we examine it too closely. Like we're too close to the situation just to step back and yeah. say they're bad because they have a bad quarterback. Yeah. It's, among my wife is a huge Eagles fan. She is like, awesome. she's very, very big. I want to put that out there because she hears me say that. And yeah, don't worry, don't worry. No, no, tell no her shots to, taken. Tell her to call in and tell us what she thinks we, yeah, they that's should a good do. Idea. I'll, 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 I'll ever call in. She'll probably she'll, she'll call in. I'm, I'm at work right now. So. Right. No, no worries. Mike, a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, thanks for oh, calling. Always, Happy always, birthday you. on your end, too. Oh, thank you, James. Yes, Happy birthday, Zoe. Right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. That's so wild. You get, you getting Zoe, cool. uh, she doesn't have an Eagles jersey yet. No, so correct? so I'm getting her a Brandon Graham jersey. Yeah, it's, it's already done. That's it's I do think that. So like, it's I my think, favorite Eagle. I love the guy. Like, two best, best jerseys dude. on the team. I think by a wide margin, Brandon Graham is definitely number one, mm-hmm. and I think Zach Ertz is number two. I could see that. I mean, look, all-time Eagles legend for sure. That's yeah. up there. I'm, I'm, Caught the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But I think like, Graham talking for about you players on the team the, right now. Yes. Yeah, and I have the connection. That's my dude and all that. And plus, Zoe loved Graham crackers when she was young, so there was that uh, extra level. Well, there you go. Level of That's it. why she'll like it. Yeah, right? All right, 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. Uh, Elliot, it's that time. It's literally what everyone waits for every Saturday. Yes. It's time for Elliot's Player to Watch, brought to you by your local Tri-State Toyota dealers, proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Elliot, Monday night, who are you watching? So I said a few minutes ago that maybe we're overthinking this and that the answer is just they're bad because they have a bad quarterback. When it comes to my player to watch this week, I'm not going to overthink it. No. It's Carson Wentz. It is Carson Wentz. Like, I could justify other matchups. We could break down the Seahawks. Carson is going into prime time with the entire NFL audience thinking about whether he'll be benched, going against a defense that – is not very good. Like, they've been better as of uh, late. Historically bad pass-wise. Did you hear the stat on our show this week? No. Uh, who was it who said? I think it was, um, might have been Paul Charger, a fantasy guy, pointed out. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks pass defense is on on pace to give up the most passing yards in a season by a 1,000 yards. Wow. Okay. Crazy. Well, I'm going to stick with Carson, then, as my player to watch. I just think, you know, 
I don't think he'll get benched. But if you're going into the game with everyone asking if you're going to get benched, like, that's pressure. Carson has got to play well for a lot of reasons, but mostly, like, this is a critical game in his career. I'm not going to say most important, but it is a critical game. Like, stepping into prime time, everyone talking about you being benched, a situation you should be able to succeed in. I'm excited to see what Carson does. I am so with you there. I agree. And, again, that is Elliot's player to watch brought to you by your local tri-state Twitter dealers proud partner of the philadelphia eagles it's elliot it's james it's go birds radio don't go anywhere we're coming right back it is go birds radio presented by parks sportsbook and casino elliot shore parks james sells are coming your way for another 30 minutes or so rob ellis after that let's continue to get in as many calls as we can talking jeffrey loria more let's uh go to our guy Find out what he's mad about today. Mad Mike, KOP. What's up, brother? Hey, how you guys doing? What up, man? Hey, so don't get my hopes up here because we all know <laughs> I wrote. I, I actually thought of you when I saw this article. I was like, oh, Mike is going to love no, this. No, because I have the champagne on ice. I just need to hear that he's been fired so that I can pop it. But You like, know, I look, I look, if we would have, real quick, if we would have talked last week, I would have said the chances are slim. I, I, think that this is like a sign that things could really I mean, happen. I love that Jeff McClain is always poking at the Eagles underbelly and always going after him as hard as he can. Yeah. But we all know Howie Roseman is equal parts rat, weasel, and human cockroach oh, that he boy. will find a way to survive. Because like he's his lips are permanently on Jeffrey Lurie's behind. So like he'll find a way to spin it. But like the fact that he's already overseen two coaching hires and if they were to fire another coach, it would be the third. Like, it, it, I'm sorry, guys, but if Jeffrey Lurie doesn't fire Howie Roseman, he's never getting fired because the way the drafts have been and the way that they screwed up the cap that were like $66 million over the cap, I can't. I can't with this team, and I hope they lose every game until Howie Roseman is fired. Yeah, look – it's like one of those, how do you even respond? Actually, I'm with you, man. Like, I, I am I'm on team lose. You know, I am on team get rid of Howie, whatever it takes. I, I was thinking about this, how, like, two weeks ago we talked, we did a Howie show, and I said that Howie's not as bad as everyone thinks, and he's a good general manager. And I still believe a lot of Didn't what I Didn't I yell at you pretty hard on yeah, that Yeah, one? oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, driving yeah. in, I was like, this is not a show Mad Mike is going to enjoy. <laughs> but, like, I, I still think there's truth to that. And to your point about why Lurie keeps Howie around is up until now, like, the Eagles, I mean, they do make the playoffs. And if you're Jeffrey Lurie, like, it's risky to get rid of Howie. Like, because you yeah, got to replace him. And I, I agree with everything you're going to say. But I'm just saying there is risk in replacing Howie. No, there is no risk. You okay. can put uh, – I'm sorry. Any idiot that's watching ESPN during the draft and sees Kuiper's best picks would outpick Howie Roseman in the draft. Like, like, I'm sorry. At this point, Howie Roseman does nothing but ruin this team. He's then, like – and the fact that I'd just be happy to get rid of his arrogance that he thinks he knows better than everything, that would be like those only that would be I'd be happy with just that. My great call is always but, man. An interesting dynamic we have to think about with Howie is this is we sit here and say, you know, he took Jalen Hurts. He took JJ over DK Metcalf. He gave Carson that deal. He brought back Deshaun. He did all these things. If you're Jeffrey Lurie and you're telling Howie this is what you want done, and I'm not saying that's the case. But Jeffrey Lurie is not a hands-off owner. Like, Jeffrey Lurie is involved in what goes on. Now, not saying he makes the picks, but if you're Jeffrey Lurie and you're sitting there with Howie and you guys are talking and he goes, you know what, like, I really like Jalen Hurts. Or, you know what, DK Metcalf, I get it, but there's some injury concerns and I really like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. And then Howie does what you say, 
like it's hard to then fire him because of that. So I'm not saying that doesn't mean he shouldn't, but these are the dynamics that we don't know. Like, well, we, and that's one of those chicken or egg things with all of it. It's the same thing with Doug and the roster. Is it Doug or the roster? Like there well, are Doug a lot of Carson. Yeah, same yeah. thing. So there are a lot of those kind of either ors that are tough to answer. Right. And Jeffrey, have... but Jeffrey knows the answer. Jeffrey's the one who has the answers to that. Exactly right. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to New Mexico and talk to our good buddy David. Hello, sir. Gentlemen, what up, man? You know what, Ellie? I have figured out. I figured out why I disagree with you so much. All right, let's hear it. When's your birthday? November second. Mine's November third. We're Scorpios. We're supposed oh, to be totally. Oh, out. look at that! So you're mad? I'm one Broke day ahead. Down. Of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one day. No, I'm not. It's it's it, it, that's it's just the way Scorpios are. Uh, and it's I just know. the way Scorpio. My my brother is a Scorpio. And we get along like oil and water, <laughs> and it's 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 always been that way. And it's not out of lack of respect; it just is what it is. We're both but just we'll so smart. I think that's the problem, you know. Uh, you, well, well, I've never <laughs> been the sharpest. I've never I've never been the sharpest tool in the shed. But if you say so, okay, fine, I'll take it. Well, let's hear what you disagree with today. Or what, what's your what's your take for today? Okay, two things. Number one, what that caller said about Deuce Daily, I've been saying for like a year, and. I know that you guys are really high on Deuce, and I think he would make a better head coach than he would uh, than he would an offensive coordinator. Yep. And everybody says if we if, if Doug gets fired, we should hire uh, uh, Eric Bieniemy. I'm like, look, you got an Eric Bieniemy sitting right there in the room, and if that's what you wanted to do, then you could do it in house. Number two, Doug and Carson, quarterback and coach, it's almost like a marriage. Mm -hmm. You can't have one without the other, but. Carson has to change because Carson needs to change, not because to save Doug's job or, or not even to, to, to lead the team. I tell people this all the time. In a relationship, you cannot be the reason why that person changes or you risk being the excuse why they fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so he's got to do it for himself. This, this game coming up cannot be on a bigger stage for Carson Wentz. He has got to to save face, to save his career, to save his reputation, to save everything that he holds dear. He has to play well. And it sets up well for him because the Seattle defense is not as strong as it was four or five years ago. Yeah, but he they have play. played better as of late. Like, I agree, it's a, it's a defense they should be able to take care of, but I, I don't think we should – this is not a bad defense. No, but uh, – No, 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 it's, it's not a bad, a bad defense. It's, it's not a bad, bad defense, defense, but it does set up. It sets up for Carson to play well. He can play better than he's played all season if he plays well in this game because it's set up for him and it's a national spotlight. And if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, I'm surprised Jeffrey Lurie hasn't said anything. We haven't heard anything from Jeffrey Lurie since like week five, because after Doug Peterson coached that, that game in Cincinnati and coached for that tie, two things ran through my head. There are two things that Philadelphia Eagle fans are always going to agree on. They never forgive and they will never forget quit. And that game, Doug quit on the ideal of actually winning it. And when you settle for a second or you settle for a tie, believe me, that just says quit. And nobody's going to forget that. And I think his psyche and the season changed on that decision uh, David, and has not been right since. Great call. That's an interesting thought. Like, it was it was the most undug Peterson well, decision of the season, but also it's also the tie could be the thing that ultimately gets him in the playoffs at the end. I, I think what Doug is struggling with right now is – does he just believe in the team even though he doesn't? Like, do you just go for it on fourth down because that's what you think you should do even though you know that the chances are slim? Or do you do, like, 
what you think the better actual move is. Like, so for the guys that you're coaching in that right. situation, I mean, I, I get the logic of, you know, show faith in them, just do it. But like at a certain point, if you don't believe they're doing it, like that's also being reckless. Like if you do not believe, you know, on fourth and one from the 40 or whatever, that this team can get it or fourth and four, or, or if you don't think Carson can run an intricate game plan, then I don't, I can't tell him to go do it. Like if he's there all week and says, guys, like, look, they cannot do these things you think that they can. And maybe that's on him, but he has to coach what he has. And right now with the quarterback play and all that, I, I just don't know if I can blame him for not going for it on every fourth down or for, you know, going for well, the tie that, or whatever. That jives with the the Mike K piece this week, the NJ.com piece that we talked about where it was basically saying Doug has had to simplify everything for everyone and particularly for Carson. And that is part of, right. and that's been, uh, Doug himself even said it. Uh, Chris yeah, Rogers asked said about it. it and he said, yeah, like simple. He, he's asked about simplifying the offense for Carson. He goes, simple answer. Yes. And then he elaborates, but like point blank. He's like, yeah, I've had to simplify. Yeah. It. So and I think that's something people should bring up when you talk about how boring this offense looks like it's a fair it's, point. It's part of it. It's part. Uh, look, uh, uh, Ultimately, on a very basic level, football comes down to execution. Like, that is the number. If, if you execute, you're going to win. If you don't execute, you're going to lose. It ultimately is mm -hmm. that simple in most cases. And if they can't execute, I agree. That is a, a reason to, to give Doug a break on that. Let's go to Pittman and talk to my good buddy, Bill. Hey, Bill. Elliot and James, great program, as always, guys. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, um, as the guy that called in at a midday show a month before the draft and suggested that the Eagles should draft Jalen Hurts, I want to make a bold prediction. The uh, team from our nation's capital that doesn't have a name will win the NFC East. Mm. The Eagles will win one game down the stretch, and Jeffrey Laurie will clear house. Uh, look, it's a prediction that if you had made it three, three, four weeks ago, would have been even bolder. Now it feels like, yeah, that could absolutely happen. Well, let me ask you this, and I'll ask James as well. I don't think it's clearing house unless you get rid of Carson. So when you say clearing house, do you just mean Doug and Howie, or you mean like a complete blow it up? I think they blow it up. And let me tell you what a real GM can do, because we've seen it here in Philadelphia. Everybody said that there's no way they, the Sixers could get rid of Al Horford. Yep. The Sixers get a real GM, and bam, draft night, Al Horford and that atrocious contract is gone. So a real GM can do some things, oh, yeah. and I mean, Dylan like, Carson once would be one of them. I oh, mean, I think, What Daryl Moore was able to do like that, it, it definitely is, a, and it's a different sport and different situation, but it is still shows what yeah, a, I mean, a smart person running your franchise can do good things. Well, look, sure. I could have made that deal. All he did was attach a first-round pick. Let's yeah, not add, but not like, that easy. I, I, think, I, I, think, I think, honestly, it would have cost two firsts to get rid of Horford's contract. Well, clearly it did because he, he did it for one. My point is, I think he made a good deal. I thought yeah. going in, it was going to cost two firsts to get rid of but, that contract, is my point. But I it think did. trading Carson is not going to be hard. Like, I don't think – the tough part about trading Carson would be maximizing the value, but I don't think – if you're Howie, like, there will be teams that will take Carson, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and seriously, I mean, as a professional athlete, you have to take responsibility for your own development, and he has regressed. Yeah. He's missing open receivers. He's not seeing open receivers. And, you know, part of responsibility for that rests on Carson. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he's got to take responsibility for himself. Bill, great call as usual. Yeah, he's not and, and that's my thing. Like, I understand that they're, they're tied at the hip, so you can't be, you know, one's not absolved to blame and the other one's not all to blame. That's not how it works. But, like, there's a reason you pay Carson $120 million so that you don't have to simplify the offense, so that you don't have to dedicate so much your coaching staff into coaching him up. Look, so that yes. he lists, like, like there On a basic level, uh, you pay that quarterback that kind of money so he makes everyone around him better. Like, that's the idea of that. Right. 
And the question is, is he like this because he's surrounded by incompetence or is the organization incompetent because he is incompetent? 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. We got one more segment to go. Rob Ellis coming your way after that. It's Elliot. It's James. And let me remind you that so many of the Go Birds faithful have already joined us and are setting set up their accounts and are having a blast. Legally betting on sports makes the games more fun. Like you, we all love the home teams, and that's why we go with our home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to sports betting. Our team at Parks Casino Sportsbook is right here in Bucks County. That means your action, your money, they're safe and secure on their easy-to-use sports betting app. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app, bet with the best. You can bet on any game on the slate tomorrow. Any game still on college football today, you can bet on that. You can bet on how many points a team will score, how many yards someone will throw for, how many total touchdowns, and, of course, the games themselves. I said it before, I love Las Vegas, minus three in Atlanta. I think they're a better team. I love Miami, minus six and a half in New York against the worst team in football. And honestly, I, I think Seattle, minus five and a half against Philadelphia, is a pretty good bet, too. You can bet on any game, every game with the Park Casino Sportsbook app. And here's the deal. If you sign up now, you get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Yes, $500. Here's the deal. Download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Again, that's P-A-R-X-Casino.com slash P-A. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. Final segment for us. It's Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Rob Ellis, the legend, coming your way next. So stay on the line if we just, can't catch you. Just talking you. to him in the hallway. He's got he's got some takes ready. Uh, I would Rob's suggest hanging on. Yeah. yeah, hang in and hang on because Rob is coming up next. Let's get to as many calls as we can. Before we get out of here, let's go to Ridley Park and talk to Larry. What up, Larry? Jason Elliott, first-time caller. Oh, oh, get out of here. Thanks for calling in, man. Yeah, first time. Listen, I've been listening to your show all day, and the majority of the people, number one, want out of here is Howie Roseman. Now, mm-hmm. I just said yes or no question. Does Jeffrey have the ability to disembark completely from Howie and out of the building? And I'll tell you why. You're not going to get a Lewis Riddick. You're not going to get a David Jeremiah to come in here when you still have Howie Roseman there. He's going to oversee and undermine that guy. And that GM should come in and pick the new coach. Yeah, look, I think Jeffrey Lurie has it in him to fire Howie. Like, people don't really make it to where Jeffrey Lurie is out without – where he is at without See, the ability to does. make cutthroat. I, I don't think Jeffrey does. Yeah, but when's the time that they really should have fired Howie? Like, I get that he kept on to him when Chip was here, but you could argue that was almost smart by him when, when look at how <laughs> Chip played out. Right. Like, this is the first time where you could really say Howie should, like, there's a real argument for Howie to be fired. Okay, look at, look at the contracts that he did. Look, what, look at the Jeffrey's contract. Look at that. Okay, yeah. look at the, the Peters contract. Okay, it just goes on and on in the draft picks. There's no backup on this team. He should be gone, and the majority of people in Philadelphia want him out. I, Larry, I, great call. Call more often. 100% agree. Yeah, look, and just to his question, does Larry have it in him to fire Howie? I believe he does. I do, too, and I didn't for a while, but I do. And, again, I hearken back to, to Lurie has made tough decisions before. Again, he didn't get rid of Howie, but he did. He stripped him of everything. He stuck him in a closet. I mean, they, yeah. put, out a, they put out a press release that said, Howie Roseman's in charge of equipment, like – Come on, man. Like, that was a that was a cutthroat move and, when it needed to be. I mean, if we're being honest, looking back, it was also a smart move. Yeah, like, Lurie, no I mean, question. they kept, held on to Howie. Howie came back and put together a Super Bowl 
roster. Let's so go it was to the smart one. Yeah, let's go to King of Prussia and talk to Chris. Hey, buddy. Yeah, what's up, James? Hey, Alex, how you doing? What up, man? Thanks for calling in. I'm not calling a turn two, James. I promise. I know. I love it. Talking some <laughs> sports, Chris. What's on your mind? I <laughs> um, I just I agree with all the callers. Um, I just want to put my two cents in. I just think Rosen got to go. Um, this is, I don't think he, he can judge talent that well. I mean. When they when they took I guess Whiteside and then yep. this past year they took Rieger. But that being said, when they showed um, when they drafted Rieger, Peterson looked real happy as well though. So I think he had a big deal with that pick too. What well, are your I think they're they're told they they know to look happy when they're yeah. It's like hey, the camera's gonna be on you. Smile, all that stuff. Okay, yeah, I was just. It's when you nope. get the like Minnesota Vikings releasing the behind the scenes yeah. footage of how excited they were when Justin Jefferson fell to them. That's real. Like that's the real reactions. It's when they're on TV at the draft. It's like, hey, they're gonna put you on TV. Right. Don't look yeah. too upset. So, but yeah, I just think like not maybe fire. Oh yeah, fireman as a GM, but let him be the numbers cruncher. I mean, he, he's very good with contracts. So, uh, Chris, but... great call, man. I appreciate you calling in to talk sports, Elliot. What, we've had a lot of people talk about the idea of of keeping Allie in the building. I think I'm with you where it's. The idea of how he just being there alone kind of undermines a new general oh, manager. Absolutely. I mean, and that's not even a slate on Howie as a person, but like anybody coming into a job would not want the former person there. Such st- a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you know, for the cap stuff, first of all, they're not in a, gra- a great cap situation right now. We'll see if he can work himself out of it. But like, they have Jake Rosenberg, who is their cap guy, and Howie deserves credit for it as well. But like, if you're Jeffrey Lurie. You could just say to Jake, like, hey. Hey, you got, you got this? Yeah, and I mean, Jake's been here a long time. <laughs> you got I'm this, sure Jake? Yeah, just give him a raise and yeah. keep him, and I think you get a lot of the benefits that you did with Howie. Let's get a laugh and go to the best laugh in the business, Jack and Santa Barbara. Jack, how are you, buddy? Hey, hey ha- happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Oh, <laughs> Jack, Thanks, you laughing and the world laughs with you. How are you, brother? Hey, I, I'm, I'm great, James. I'm great. Hey, um, two years ago I said the Spike. I said, uh, I want Doc Rivers for our coach at at the Sixers, Mm -hmm. right? So I got my wish there, and I want DJ for our our GM. And I'll tell you why. All you got to do is look out in Oakland at what Mike Mayock has put together. And and those two minds around evaluating draft talent, uh, Mike Mayock taught. DJ, everything he knows about that, he's the perfect fit for the Eagles. He he was a scout for the Eagles in the past. Am I am I yeah, not correct. right on yes, that? Yes, that is correct. Also worked with the Ravens, yeah. which is good to have on your resume. Yeah, so he's got green in his blood, and and no, I do not agree with leaving Howie in house in any way, shape, or form. And I'll punctuate that by. Chase Claypool, D.K. Metcalf, Mm -hmm. and uh, all the other things that he didn't do in our favor that would put Carson Wentz in a much better place right now. And above all, I think Carson is missing a blocking tight end. Nothing is protecting his back. And having played quarterback when I was a kid, I remember playing against bigger guys when I had no line. It, he doesn't have a prayer of surviving without mm-hmm. without protection. So um, you guys, great show. Jack, a pleasure, uh, my friend. A pleasure. Call us so, more often. No easy answers. So, 
You know, I just want DJ. All yeah. right, all right. Uh, Jack, Pop- popular name today. Daniel right? Jeremiah, the hot name, and who knew? You know, well, it takes us one guy going from TV to the to right. the front and office, and it, it's, it, let's do it. I mean, for what it's worth, the Raiders are good. I like the Raiders, but well, let's not get carried away yeah. here. Yeah, and I, mean, I like said- DJ, but just because one guy went from TV and has had some success doesn't mean someone else will. Right. Too. All right. Let's squeeze one more in here. Let's go to South Philly and talk to my good buddy Hassan. Hey, Hassan. Hey, hey, Selfman. Hey, Elliot. Hey, what's going on, man? Carson Thanks for calling. So <laughs> I, I guess I agree with y'all guys. I know I ain't got a lot of time. I agree with y'all guys as far as uh, you get rid of Howie. You got to get rid of Howie as well if you're going to bring a new coach in. So, so you know, it just the organization just need a whole new look. But I'm, I'm partially not all the way ready to tear it down. And I wanted to, I really wanted to say too is why that, why do all the uh, Nick Foles guys don't want to give Carson a chance. Because I heard Elliot earlier. It's like, with you, Elliot, mm. Carson can't get back. He's never going to be the same player. He don't have a chance. And all the callers who call that's against Wentz, yeah, he's playing horrible, but maybe he can turn it around with better coaching. Because even if you look at some of the things, going back to year one and 16 with Doug, I'm not saying Doug's not a good coach. He won as a Super Bowl. I love him forever for it. Likewise, Nick Foles. But I think that Doug's situational coaching and in-game coaching, it reminds me of Brett Brown. It's like when he's in the game, he's not always making the uh, best Yeah, and look, we'll we'll see this year if Brett was the problem with the Sixers, right? Because we're going to see these guys with the new head coach. And I'm not saying Carson can never get back there. It's just when I look at it objectively, it's hard for me to imagine a guy that hasn't played at that that level in three years, has torn his ACL, broken his back, suffered a concussion. Like, those are real physical tolls the body takes. Like, it's not – a shot at Carson to say that he can't come back from that. Any athlete would tr- would struggle to come back from that. So is Carson, is it capable he comes back? Absolutely. There's absolutely a chance he plays well again. But I think we also like need to be honest and say that there's not a lot of evidence of it over the last almost three years now. Well, he, his stats say different. Like, we can say if you take out the four or five bad plays, he make a, a game, I guess. Well, that's a lot of plays. He played, he played pretty fair, but I watch Mahomes. I watch Last two weeks, I watched intensely all these players. Even with Patrick Mahomes, they rolled him out every other play. They they got a bunch of jet sweeps, fake jet sweeps, fake handoffs. Mm. They just do a lot of motion to make throws easier for him. And I feel like if Carson, not to say that he, he stink right now. I, I'm, I love Carson LTVB, but he stink right now. Hassan, but, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I know I ain't got a lot of time. No, no, no. Thanks, finish up. Thanks. I just feel like we did more and Doug did more. I would like to give him another chance because one bad year with a bunch of injuries and all that's going on, I don't think that we should destroy our organization just because we have in the down year. Yeah, and son, dude, year. honestly, call, like I call more. It's a terrific. I call. Lean, there are days where I lean towards siding with him. Yeah, that. I go both ways. I do too. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a unique situation where these guys have achieved the highest thing we've ever had, the thing we wanted the most, yeah. and and now it's uh, you have to. It's a reckoning, and, and you it's know, tough. People will say, "Well, they have such a long leash." Like. They did earn that leash. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, I mean, there's absolutely. a reason. Yeah. Like, when people say, like, Carson's only playing because of his contract. Like, yeah, but that's because Carson earned that contract. No you question. know, so there's that involved. Here's a question. Do we even make a pick for this game? Nah. Okay. Nah. I mean, Seahawks. you know what I, mean, I think. Do we, you know, I think the Seahawks win, and I feel pretty confident about it. So. Yeah. I think they cover. I think they win. I think it's just. I Yeah, I, I agree. The Seahawks are a very good team. There's badness all around the Eagles. the Eagles, Seahawks alone. I mean, Russell Wilson versus the Eagles. It's You know he's going to carve yeah. us up. Part of me thinks, like, 
there has to turn eventually where you don't just beat a team, you know, like Look, eight or nine times. There's in a, row, a chance but. the Eagles win a game we don't think they're going to win. I, I doubt this is the one. This is the way I'll put it. Okay. All right. Uh, stay tuned if you're still on the line. I'm sure Rob Ellis is going to be talking about the same things we've been talking about. Uh, thank you to Anthony Foley, Kevin Keenan, prior to that, and to every single person who called him, waited on the line, talked to us. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. We'll be back uh, next week, 1 to 3. In the meantime, check out our podcast, Echo Birdspot on Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, and, uh, again, we'll be back 1 to 3 next Saturday. Rob Ellis coming up next. Until then, it's Elliot. It's James. Thank you for listening to another edition of Go Birds Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.